When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's, it's Farm Girl here. My real name is Dana. Rhymes with banana. It's really hard to get a word in edgewise here. Wow. I am the host of the Accidental Farm Podcast. It's a daily, five minutes an episode. And guess what? We're at 100 episodes. I know you're already wondering, Accidental Farm? What's that? Well, it's like having an unplanned pregnancy, except with farm animals. Here are three reasons you won't want to miss the Accidental Farm Podcast. One, in just five minutes a day, it packs in a funny, sad, or weird farm story. Two, Every story has a little nugget of wisdom that you can use in your own life. And three, it's a great way to take a little break to escape your daily life and get a little bit closer to nature. The Accidental Farm Podcast, anywhere you find your pods, episode one, Find Your Inner Predator, is waiting for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Lakey Hill the way it used to be. When we brought the kids up here on Sundays, they used to love this time of year. Joshy pointing out the buildings in the village, St. Stephen's, the stables, the bull, Bert and Frieda in Woodbine. You can see everything from up here. Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall, who's never been stood up for an evening of horse gas, 
And Quentin Rayner, who probably would get dumped for microalgae. And queuing up with your five pences to pay for a half pint of lager that you daft old wrinklies are dum-de-dummers. This week's Star Trek dum-de-dum tune is from our Stephen, and we'll have a new tune next week from Mia. And look out for a, a film also from Stephen that will be released soon, won't it, Philippa? For next our, month. For yeah. our patrons, in which he shows you how he makes these amazing tunes. We've already seen it. It's a fantastic little film. Mm. Well worth signing up to be a patron to uh, watch that. Now, um, before we proceed, we need to do a bit of name dropping here, Philippa, because I don't, didn't want to mention it, but we did get mentioned in the Sunday Times, didn't we, recently? Hooray! Yes, it was one of the 10 podcasts to bring you cheer. Mm-hmm. So we're delighted about that. Thank you, Sunday Times, and thank you, Dumpty Dummers, for getting us mentioned along with you know one or two other famous podcasts by, I don't, I don't want to brag, but you know, Bob Mossimore. <laughs> Bill Nighy, Dumpty Dummer is up there with them. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Isn't that wonderful? We get cheer from doing this and to know that others get cheer from listening. It's great. But who will bring us cheer today? Well, on this episode, we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from Catherine R. Brian, Rob, Jen R. Ambridge Pony Club, Bill in Ukraine, Matthew from Coventry, Dusty Substances, New York Nigel, Kevin from Dorset, Claire from Clapham, Young Keith, Ian, Daniel from St. Andrews, Martin from Sheffield, Purple Pumpkin and Anon of Ambridge, plus Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, information about our Instagram account, predictions for next week and then the dumpty book dumb item with crime writing author Leslie Thompson. Marvellous. It gets longer and longer every week. It's fantastic. (laughs) But Quentin, let's look back at what happened this week. Well, every once in a while, there's a script line which unites all five million Archer's listeners. On this occasion, it was uttered from the lips of Rex. Your mum? Please tell me you're joking. Yes, Kate was out to pitch her business vision to replace Phoebe on the rewilding project and within half an hour had convinced her sceptical grandmother. So off they went to persuade slash pressurise Rex into taking her on. Late for the meeting, Kate pronounced the compost loos were So uninviting And that Rex should do The unskilled labouring and hedgehog whispering While she found the money to pay for it. Running spiritual home as well wouldn't be a problem because the synergy will lead to a huge cross-fertilisation of ideas. And willow-weaving classes and foraging walks would bring in the punters. Peggy reassured Rex it was entirely his decision and future funding wouldn't be affected whoever he chose. But as Kate put it, where's he ever going to find a better candidate than me? Brian muttered to Jenny he hoped it was just one of their daughter's passing fancies, but he had more pressing things on his mind. The serious financial hit to home farm from Alice's impending divorce, unless they can persuade Chris to play nicely. There was only one thing for it, a full-on charm offensive from the connoisseur of cravats. He was going to offer a holiday cottage rent-free to Chris and Martha to generate goodwill and dissuade their son-in-law from chiselling every last penny out of them, encouraged by Alice's guilt. Valentine's at the Bull went off with a bang. The social speed dating revealed that... Amy wanted mind bleach after talking to Barry about his gecko and rat. Sabrina overshared her most embarrassing moment with Rex. Richard Thwaite cannot his tie standing on his head. And Alice wanted Amy to meet someone special at the event. Luckily, Chris didn't show up. 
Kenton may have flattened Eccles, but the eponymous cake was offered by Jim to Jazza for being intemperate about chasing him for the rent. His pal was quick to cash in, persuading the prof to let Tracy and Chelsea stay for a couple of nights until their boiler was fixed. Chelsea was appalled at the tiny telly, lack of full-length mirror and having to be up and dressed by 7.30, but was chastened after being ticked off by Jazza. She thanked Jim for letting them stay until the weekend before snapping, What are you looking like that at me, Mum? I can do nice for a few days, can't I? Alice ended up speaking to a child about childcare and custody, who actually turned out to be her solicitor. Rasheen advised Alice against seeding being the primary carer and agreeing to anything now that she might regret later. And Chelsea and Jim gave each other a reality check about reality TV. The teenager told the prof he spoke like a spell check and was a genius at spotting which contestants were frauds. You certainly don't need to be a genius to work out that Kirsty would be perfect for the rewilding job, but that hadn't even occurred to either Rex or Phoebe. After resisting Alice's suggestion to invite Amy out, Rex and Miss PPE sounded out Miss Miller. But Kirsty announced she was off to take up a hotel manager's job in Plovdiv. You know, the cultural capital of Bulgaria. Keep up! As Kate would say, it's all been a bit wacky woo this week. <laughs> but Quentin, yes. that was that was week in Ambridge. Your, your, your voice is sounding a bit troubled. How are you th- today? How has your week been? Well, I am speaking to you in splendid isolation, Philippa. Aww. Because uh, on Thursday evening, I got the dreaded two red lines on a lateral flow test. So, uh, yes, I'm all alone. But I'm in good company because just before we started recording, uh, it was announced that the Queen has got mm. a mild dose of COVID as well. So forgive me if I'm not quite so fast on the draw this week. But, um, yes, I, I, uh, I, I sh- I'm, all, I'm all alone. I'm all alone. Oh, um, no. until, until at least, hopefully, I'll be out by Wednesday. Quentin, you've got me. You've got dum-de-dum. I have. Uh, I, expect, through. I expect, uh, you know, wagons of lemon drizzle cake to be delivered <laughs> to my doorstep <laughs> uh, out of sympathy. But uh, uh, getting me through this uh, isolation, I have to say, and I got you into it, I was watching Big Jet TV on the internet uh, during Storm Eunice. Oh, he was just a delight to watch. I couldn't pull myself away. Neither could millions of people. This is the guy who goes top of a, his truck. He does it every week. But he decided to film all the big jets coming into Heathrow. And he, was, he just got a quarter of a million people virtually watching him live. And over the course of his entire stream, got over five million watching. And he was all over the media the next day. And uh, <clears throat> he's, he's my new... He's my new... Um, Man crush, I think Jerry, Jerry and Jilly is sidekick. Absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely he's a total natural. If he's not snapped up by somebody, then it'll be a travesty. Uh, look out for him on on voiceovers and stuff like that. But uh, that was a highlight for me, and I, I I got you watching as well, didn't I? Yeah, thanks. I was having a busy day working, and then <laughs> your message was like, "Look at this," and then the day just seemed to go. And I was watching aeroplanes land in wind, which I up till five minutes before I wouldn't have said was no. my favorite subject no. but yeah so thanks and once I've done all of this I need to catch up on the work I have yet to do but I've been awake since 4am today convinced I have a spider in my ear I can just feel it moving around it's awful and then it's an ear it's an ear it's an earworm isn't it I've been listening to some dodgy music <laughs> Well, a friend of mine, their daughter kept saying, oh, there's something in my ear. And they were like, no, no, it's absolutely fine. No, no, there really is something. So in the end, the father had a look and he he said, 
to the mother, just get me some tweezers. And he pulled out an earwig from inside her ear. So since uh, since I heard that forever more now, when I get a funny feeling in my ear, I'm like, oh my goodness, there's something in there. So yes, I've been awake since 4am, wondering what is crawling in my ear. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're a couple of old crocs, aren't we? I've got COVID and you've got an ear wig in your ear or, yeah, or just my imagination in my ear i think but never mind that's anyway a good, that's a good tune right <laughs> that's enough about us let's get on to the important bit which is you our caller in Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Catherine, who is concerned about the law of the land. Hi, Dumpster, it's Catherine. Um, anyone else find the actor who played the lawyer absolutely appalling? I think my worst line was when she said, put the little mite, uh, called about the baby being Martha called a little mite or something. Put the little mite here. Honestly, I could have done better acting than that, and I'm no actor. It was so wooden. And also, since when has anyone talked about custody? I know about, I don't know, three sentences about family law, and that's all I know. They haven't used the word custody for thousands of years. So really uncharacteristically bad research. Um, Also, please, the thing with um, Kate working at the rewilding isn't going to happen because it'd be just too infuriating and not in a good way. Isn't that strange the way they keep having people um, doing stuff so behind the scenes? Kirsty going off to Bulgaria with no hint of it or anything like this. A pity I'd have really enjoyed Kirsty um, being in the rewilding project. So let's hope it all goes wrong in Bulgaria. Bye. Thank you, Catherine. Um, sounding very husky um, because we, she normally gives us a time check, doesn't she, when she phones in. Apparently this week it was 3 a.m. Um, I said, why, why are you phoning in at 3 a.m.? She, apparently she, uh, she was hungry. She'd gone out for a Chinese meal that hadn't filled her up enough, apparently. <laughs> When you're hungry at 3am, you phone in Dumpty Dum. Perfect. Um, so she's not impressed, is she, really, by the um, the solicitor scene. And I I wasn't either. She's not alone. I mean, I, I honestly, as I said in the roundup, I thought she was talking to a kid, teenager, and then suddenly she's giving her advice about divorce and all this. Um, <laughs> and interestingly, I, I noticed on Twitter, because you, you know that's where, where I, well, I mean, now mm-hmm. I'm in splendid isolation. I'm, I'm in the company of my virtual friends. There's somebody on Twitter called uh, Loam Lindy 12. Uh, she's a retired lawyer and she posts lovely pictures of her walks with her on our dog walks in South Devon. Anyway, she was not happy with this as a retired lawyer. She's described the scene as robotic clips rattling through process, referring to custody, snort, she said, allowing baby into meeting, no mention of collaborative law. Uh, dreadful, clearly planting seeds that Martha should could live primarily with Alice. Absolute crap. Poor sacker Alice. So there you go, Catherine. <laughs> you got some great summary on, on your side there. Knows her stuff. I mean, Catherine knows a bit about this. She's been a, a magistrate for many years as well. So yeah, that was not a convincing scene. Were you convinced, Philippa? No, not at all. And then the the pause when she was appraising Martha before she somehow came out with the fact that Martha was pretty. I just that sounded weird. Um, and the solicitor is is played by a really good actress as well, um, Shirley Houston, who plays Izzy Armstrong in Coronation Street. For those of you who are Corrie fans, so I just don't understand. But yes, because Brian and Jennifer would hire the the most senior lawyer, the one that costs I don't know how much an hour. So why they've got 
Roisin, I don't know, and drink water. That just the surname made me a bit sceptical. I didn't know if they'd been listening to a non of Ambridge with that. But I was thinking, Roisin was talking about a good mediator in Felbersham. Who is this good me- mediator? So I, obviously I was doing my research. Not many to choose from. There could be um, Ifta Kashar, who was Freddie's maths tutor. But then, this is terrible news, Pip graduated from Felbersham University. Can you imagine Pip as the mediator? I would actually pay money to listen to that because it would be so awful. But uh, mm. th- there aren't many people in the Archers who are Felbersham-based. So Iftika oh. is potentially right. one um, and, and Pip's link of graduating. But I just think that would be awful. So Catherine, thank you so much. That just made me laugh a lot, as your calls always do. But we need to go on. And we need to listen to our Brian, who is shocked by a move. Hello all, it's Brian. Hope you're all keeping well after the storm. Rex seems to have a very curious effect on women. We had Anisha who's disappeared off to Newmarket. Now Phoebe's disappearing off to north of Glasgow. And now with the merest hint of Kirsty working with him, she's off to Bulgaria. It's a pig, isn't it? It's the smell of the pigs. Yeah. Poor old Rex. Don't get much much luck. It would be a shame to lose Kirsty. We'll see if it happens, but it does sound like it is. But we didn't get much heads up about it, did we? No scenes of her buying phrase books in the village shop or getting from the library or anything like that or checking travel websites to booking flights. But there we are. Well, I hope it doesn't happen, but... In real life, I could quite see it be a reasonable thing for her to do. I think that's about all I've got today. Yeah, have a good week. Nice to talk to you. OK, bye for now. Oh, thanks, Brian. Yes, nice to hear from you again. Great to have your calls coming in. Shocked by Kirsty going, I think we all were. I just hope that the actor wasn't, it wasn't a shock for her as well, because that would have been pretty bad. Yeah, I thought um, was, yes. <laughs> yes, just here's the script for today. All right. Oh, <laughs> but you, I think... You, you won't need any others, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, you haven't got next week's. Um, I think we need to start learning some Bulgarian, though. So um, I, I was looking up uh, Dobdaden is good day and Strasti is high and Kafkostava is what's up. So there we go. We need to start learning this so that we can still have Kirsty around. What's, what's Bulgarian for flapjack then? Um, Zdradi flappy Jackie Jackie, Jackie Grava. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've just offended about three billion people. But anyway, what is, the, what is the Archer's obsession with Bulgaria? Why is why is everybody going to Bulgaria? Um, the whole of Europe to go for. It's all Bulgaria, I suppose. The, the Lexi connection, yeah. Yes, exactly. And it was nice to have that connection, but we like Kirsty, we like Lexi, so it's a shame that they're not there. But yeah, as Brian says, Rex has no luck in love. Maybe he smells of pigs. It's just a Mm. bit, isn't he? He's a bit beige, bless him. But what about, it's not just Rex, it's Roy. I mean, Roy is is really, he's losing women as well. I mean, in fact, Rex made reference to it. It says uh, Roy is losing two of his favourite women at the same time. Kirsty and Phoebe, and now he's he's also already lost Lexi. Poor old Roy. Who do you think out of Rex and Roy dresses the most boringly? I think Rex, because Roy has his awful dad Hawaiian t-shirts or shirts that he wears sometimes to go clubbing. Well, I was going to say uh, casual or, or, or work clothes. Oh, okay. Casual. Uh, Rex, yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Well, he said, as he said in the Valentine's night, that he'd rather just stay in watching NFL, really, and yeah. in the company of somebody he doesn't have, have to explain himself to. So why would he dress up? <laughs> bless. Bless. Bless, bless, bless. But thanks, Brian. That was great. And now we go on to Rob, who called in on Monday with his view on the Valentine's Day event in the Bull. Good evening, Quentin, Philippa, and everybody else in Dumpty Dum Land. Well... It's finally over. The Valentine's Day massacre, uh, sorry, event at the Bull has been done and dusted. And Jolene says they'll do it again. So this idea of everybody meeting up somebody else that they've never met before, what are they going to do next? Oh, well, I must admit I did have a a moment of doubt when uh, Cecil apparently was paying for a half a lager and five pences. Now, I do know that there are ridiculously low limits on British coinage, but it turns out anything up to £5 he can spend in 5p's. Unless uh, it's £10 a pint in the bull, he'd be getting away with it. Alice giving Amy dating advice? Is she worried about the Cramey Amos speculation? If she listens to Dumpty Dum, it could be a possibility. Alice saying, I was really hoping she'd meet someone special tonight. In the only pub they ever go to, filled with the only people they ever meet. Yeah. And Kate. Is she totally delusional or supremely Machiavellian? The way she manoeuvred Peggy tonight into, not, into drafting, if not actually writing a reference, was masterly. But spiritual hold did work brilliantly, and it cost only getting her pension age parents evicted. Personally, I'd have preferred the lecture on horse gas. See you later. Thank you, Rob. Um, well, I learned something there. I didn't know you could pay up to five pounds in five No, feet. there we are. Um, that's a lot of five pence. That's a lot of five pence. How many is it? Hundred. You'd be walking with a sort of slant, wouldn't you, with that weight in your pocket, um, going up to the <laughs> bar? Um, I, th- I suppose every village has characters like that. <laughs> I mean, it's frustrating enough being at the bar anyway, isn't it? There's a real technique to getting served at the bar. I'm hopeless at it. Because I can be standing there and somebody can come in, I don't know, five minutes after me and get served before me. And what's that about? I mean, it's all about body language. I'm sure you've got to look aggressive. I mean, you can't even wave a £10 in the note in, in, in the air anymore, isn't it? It's all you do, you swipe your phone. So, I mean, what is the way, what is the trick to getting served quickly at the bar? I think you've got to look threatening. These days, don't you just order on, on an app anyway? You don't even go up anymore to the bar. And you are a global superstar, Quentin. You should be served before anybody else. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's outrageous. Um, so uh, if anybody's got any tips how to get served quickly at the bar, I'm all ears, seriously, because I'm hopeless at it. Um there was a flaw, wasn't there, to the what he calls the Valentine's Massacre. In, in, <laughs> in, it's a small village. Everybody knows each other anyway. Yeah. And this has been pointed out by many of our listeners. But uh, a little little bit of dramatic license. Uh, of course, we all want to know more about uh, how, how much Sabrina overshared with Rex, her embarrassing moment. Uh, even you, Philippa, I think you could spare Oh, you. I do. Yes, I'm in for that. Right. Yeah. You, you might blush a bit, but uh, I think it's worth well, it. Well, there get, we go. Get some colour to your cheeks. 
I just, I was interested. This, we had the speed dating in the pub, but we also had the speed wooing of Peggy for by Kate. I mean, it was, it was in record time that she convinced her that she was the best one for the job. I don't know. I wondered. There's got to be something into it. Is Kate poisoning or over medicating Peggy? Is Peggy encouraging Kate because she thinks if she has that job as well, she'll move out of Peggy's home, so she gets well. There was the another space. theory during the rounds. Um, that Peggy is actually doing a double bluff, giving Kate enough rope. I, I, I don't think she is. I, I think she won around in about half an hour. Normally, said. you hear that in Peggy's voice when she's doing the double bluff. You can hear that yeah. slight edge, the slight grit to it. But this just seemed all hate, all Hilda fluff. I thought. Yes, and 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 she was asking some really. Uh, uh, perceptive questions initially, wasn't she, Peggy? And I thought, mm. here she goes. She goes she's going to really <laughs> pick her apart here and reveal her fraudulent <laughs> intentions. But no, the more she opened her mouth, the more that is um, Kate, the more that uh, Peggy seemed convinced. And as I said, within half an hour, off they were trotting yes. off to go and see Rex. It's entirely your decision, Rex. Entirely your decision. The <laughs> money's got nothing to do with it. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But wonderful. We're, we just can't wait to hear this car crash. But anyway, Rob, thank you. That was a great call. And now we go on to another great call, which is Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club, who has thanks to give and warnings to flag up. Greetings, Quentin Philippa and all you lovely people in Dumpty Dumland. Um, just calling in to say thank you so much for the messages after last week and um, what a lovely community this is to be part of. Um, after all that intense emotional drama with Kirsty, we get a silly week. Um, I enjoy a silly week on the Archers and I love Kate. I'm one of those. She's so awful. She's gone. She's gone past awful and into good. Um, myself and Buggy Squires have the same take on Peggy. We both saw her as the, the mafia don of the Aldridge clan, sitting at the back of the interview, making sure that Rex knew the correct decision to make but he didn't take the hint i think he's going to be getting a lemon drizzle cake on his pillow and he better watch out or one of peggy's boys one of her henchmen maybe timothy is going to be giving him a seeing to and he'll be found duffed up in a culvert so all very good until that horrible discordant chord right there at the end where we were denied a happy ending for kirsty at the last minute very upset with the BBC The Archers about that. They better reverse that. Send Roy, send Amy, send someone else over to Bulgaria. Get Lexi back. She can have Kirsty's job at Grey Gables. Let Kirsty take the rewilding. It's the only way to go. Thank you, Jen. Yes, Kate is past awful and is now good. I, I agree. I love this idea of a, a lemon drizzle cake left on Rex's pillow. Uh, excellent. Oh, I'm sorry that Kirsty's going, but Ambridge has not been kind to her. So I can understand why it's the right thing for her to move on. But no wonder she wants to go. She's bored. The highlight of her week has been counting trees. I mean, it's not like you're going. You know, unless she's speeding by in a fast car and needing to really focus, it's just one, two, you know, it's it's very boring. What will the impact be, though, on Helen of Kirsty going? Yes, Helen's still got Ian and Adam, but Kirsty's been her rock. She's got her through a lot. Um, and it will be interesting to see how she reacts to all of this. Well, in a way, Jen has has potentially come up with a solution to make sure Kirsty doesn't get to Bulgaria because uh, 
she tweeted at Jen underscore J Stephen that um, she said, travel to Bulgaria for work. Does Kirsty earn more than one and a half times the average wage? Does she have a bachelor's degree? Needs one to get an EU blue card? Snell sniff, she then adds. So maybe a Jen has worked out a cunning ruse oh. to make sure Kirsty is thwarted to going to Bulgaria to take up this shift manager's job in a hotel. Ooh. Well, that's interesting. Yes. There you go. See? Now See, we know. The things you learn on Twitter, Philip Hasey. <laughs> um, the time that just speeds by as well when you're on the, Twitter. The, the, the time thievery that goes on, yes. Um, but she, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an interesting scenario because if Roy does bring back Lexi from Bulgaria, as Jen says, she, she could take over Kirsty's job at Great Gables and then Kirsty gets a rewilding job. So she's got it all sorted out. Nice one, Jen. Yeah, that's a great idea. I I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I love it. And I love the idea of uh, Peggy being the or mafia doll. Annabelle so. Dallow's got a fantastic new acting gig and she needs to get away for a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and at least she's not, you know, gone forever, potentially. She can come back and visit and come back with Lexi. So hopefully there'll still be mm. some contact with when her. When was the last time we heard from Lexi there? Ah, <sighs> that's true. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jen. Great call. And next we have Bill in Ukraine, who is calling to answer Quentin's question. This is Bill Brown, Bill in Ukraine. Greetings, Quentin, Philippa and Dumpty Dummers. Oh my, you asked for a description of what life is like here in Ukraine. In two minutes, I'll do my best. Actually, it's quiet and normal in Kiev right now. Life goes on. Uh, first, I must, my hosts, correct you. It is Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Uh, you, the Ukraine is means the region. Ukraine means the country. Uh, trust me on this, I'm an English teacher. I've tried in vain to get my Ukrainian students to listen to the archers. Village life does not excite them, maybe because they know all about it. Everyone seems to have family or roots in the village. They have experience with working in the garden, with livestock, preparing food, uh, canning, and so forth. No lemon drizzle cake, but they have their own delicacies. But you want to hear about the gathering war clouds. There's a striking difference of opinion inside and outside Ukraine. Outside, they say attack is imminent. Inside, the Ukrainians say it won't happen. They know Putin, they say, and he is just angling for a better bargaining position. This week, they are less sure. But what can they do? Only wait and see. Personally, I'll be relocating to the western city of Lviv. I spent yesterday separating my belongings into two piles, things I can carry, things to abandon. Not a pleasant task. I'm more concerned about my students and friends than with me. Most of my students are young adults with young children, and they just want to get on with their lives. Most have good jobs such as working in the thriving IT industry. These folks are the ones who long to live as you do in the West. They are the ones behind the drive to become aligned with Western Europe and escape the baleful Soviet-style Russian system. And that drives the Russians mad, as you can see. Oh, and uh, at the end of his call, Bill contacted me because he wanted to add a sentence on, which he wanted me to do in either his voice or Peggy's. Well, Bill, I, there's no way I can do your voice. I can barely do Peggy's. So I will say um, goodbye and thank you, dum dee dummers. Can I have Philippa back now, please? <clears throat> 
It was that good, wasn't it? Well, thank you, Bill, for responding to my request for a, a, some insight about what it's like to be inside the country at the moment. Uh, you've got a lot on your plate, and for you to spare the time, we really appreciate that. Um, and thank you for that clarification. Uh, Ukraine uh, is the country, and as you say, the Ukraine is the region. That's uh, something I didn't know, and uh, that's very useful. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit like that less fewer clarification. As soon as you're it's flagged up. <laughs> you notice it now. I've my ear is tuned to the fact it should be referred to as Ukraine, and in fact, I'm, 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 I think I was the only one who's got it wrong so far. Everybody else has been getting it right. Uh, so um, we really wish you well in your relocating to Laviv, and I hope that goes okay for you. And um, what you say c- correlates with what we've been hearing that Ukrainians inside the country don't think it's going to happen but you know this week it seems to have changed a bit and we got you know our prime ministers talking about the uh worst well the biggest war since 1945 i invariably don't believe a word he says normally and i sincerely hope he's wrong on this one and that he is in fact uh, genuinely telling an untruth because we don't want that to happen do we so bill look after yourself thank you very much indeed for getting in touch and uh, I wish you well in trying to persuade mm. your students to get into the archers. <laughs> yes, I did contact Bill just to check how he was doing just for a bit of an update and he is now in Lviv, um, which is where a lot of embassies have moved to. So he's safer than he was. Um, but of course, having to decide which belongings to take and which to leave and um, concerned about, as he said, about his students, it, it's... Oh. It's humbling to just hear that firsthand from yes. Bill, and yes. uh, yeah, we'd just keep in touch, and, Bill, because we've been. And Ukraine have they have got annoyed with the West for fanning what they say are the flames, and uh, we ought to listen to to the to the Ukrainians themselves more, I think, in, in how in how to handle it. But let's hope um, all these the portent that our Prime Minister is warning us about um, doesn't come to be. Let's hope. Bill, thank you for your call. Keep us posted, please, and we are thinking of you. Now we go to Matthew from Coventry, who needs to take Peggy to task. Greetings, Dumpty Dummers. This is Matthew Horsepool from Coventry. And uh, it's been a bizarre few weeks in the Arches, and I haven't really had much to say other than it's been a bizarre few weeks, so I've refrained from commenting. But Wednesday's episode was very interesting and gave me two things to comment on. First of all, the interaction between Alice and the solicitor made for uncomfortable listening because obviously we want the divorce to be amicable and well certainly I want the divorce to be amicable and it sounds like the solicitor may in fact make things less amicable than they otherwise would be that said I can see how the solicitor is technically right she's out you know she's got to look out for Alice's best interests and Alice may not know what her best interests are at the moment so I suppose best to get it out of the way now rather than Alice regret it in five years' time. But there were plenty of times when I just went, oh, look, just, 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 just let it go, would you? The thing that annoyed me even more, however, was Peggy and Kate and Rex and just Peggy saying, no, I'm not going to influence this at all and, and pretend that I'm not there and then prompting and asking questions and telling Rex how wonderful Kate's ideas were. And I just... Uh, If you're going to be objective about something, then be objective about it. If you're going to be subjective about it, then be subjective about it. And there wouldn't really have been anything wrong with it. I mean, there would, but there wouldn't have been so much wrong with it if 
uh, Peggy had just said, look, I really want granddaughter to get this job. Is there any chance that she and I can have a meeting? And I mean, that would have been annoying, but fine. But it was just the way she just, oh, interjected. And this is a meeting between you and Kate and you and Kate only. Oh, but I'm going to keep sticking my I, I did not think that Peggy performed very well at all. Oh, Matthew from Coventry. Matthew with a lovely voice. Matthew, I'm sure you introduced the Archers one day this week. It sounded just like you. Anyway, yes. Chris, I think, personally, I think Chris will be fine until he realises that Martha isn't going to be with him full time. Um, You know, I can see Alice getting um, at least part time. We can just see it's going to blow up. Um, And that's the reason why Alice had her while Chris was ill, to realise that she can look after Martha and maybe start to fight for her. And Chris is going to get angry. And then I think he's going to say, right, this is this is war in Ambridge at least and I'm going to go for the money and everything so in trying to help Alice um, have more access to Martha the solicitor is creating a much worse situation potentially I think and certainly financially I don't think there'll be any more scenes with Brian and Neil you know oh send Chris our love no I think it'll be uh, daggers drawn Having said that, the, the the child solicitor probably was making a valid point that she shouldn't uh, admit everything straight away. She she has to give herself yes. some bargaining room as well. So that struck me as sensible advice. But you don't know if Alice is go- you know if she ends up with um, a lot of time of looking after Martha, that might jeopardise Alice's recovery as well. Certainly, being a mum uh, pressurised her even more. Um, so. You know, again, what is right for Alice? What is right for Martha? Just having, just because she's a mum, should she automatically have lots of access? I, mm. I, but, I don't know, but I'm not saying that's automatically Alice the best route. Was all for uh, admitting everything was her fault, wasn't she? Which seemed to be, it is. Which but Rasheen was saying, fair. just just row back on that a bit. Um, but there's a thing I don't know about the law, but there's a thing called collaborative. Um, approach to all this which the lawyers amongst our listeners are very getting very hot under the collar about so i don't think she's been given being given entirely rounded advice i think was also the feeling from uh, from child roshin but matthew also wasn't happy about uh, peggy was he that, that whole scenario with um no so uh, she she was very manipulative wasn't she of poor old rex peggy I mean, it was completely out of character for her to be encouraging Kate in something we all know she will be completely unsuccessful at. So I didn't understand that. And she'd been quite perceptive lately. Yes. So um, it's strange. Yes, but don't worry, there'll be a synergy of energies. That's all that's all that's all we need to get us through. Maybe we're just being led down a path and then there'll be a, a big reveal in the next few weeks. So maybe it's a longer term. I don't think Kate's going to do it. I think I tell you another strong candidate is Adam. It hurts me to say this, but he would be a very strong candidate if Kirsty doesn't come back from Bulgaria. Yeah, and Claire from Clapham uh, coming up has got some interesting she things to has. say about. She always Adam has got interesting well, things. So, yes. yes, thank you, thank you, Matthew. Great call. We'll have some more of your calls in a moment. In fact, we have a call from New York, Nigel. Hooray! So stand by for that. But if you're listening to this, thinking I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it. Here's how. Yes, please. Uh, We are the People's Podcast. That is our shameless claim. Entirely predicated on having people in it. So the people are you, our Dumpty Dummers, 
uh, we rely on you getting in touch and taking part. Whether you're a, a first time, occasional, or even a regular caller in a row, we love hearing from you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to this link. It's speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. You'll also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget the T in the middle. It's dumpty dum. It's ever so easy. You can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Also have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account where you'll find all the details of how to leave us a message. We normally record at 12 noon on a Sunday, so please try and get your calls in no later than that. And uh, as we said, please do keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and you've got to be at least 18 to take part. Now, we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, if you could hit the subscribe button on your podcast app and consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help in the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, you can find the time to do that. Well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you so much to T.T. Brown for your fabulous review entitled, I didn't even really like podcasts before. And neither did we, did we, Philippa? But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, T.T. Brown. Also to uh, MCF Collie 251618, whose normal name is Phil Persham, for their wonderfully kind review entitled, Telling It Like It Is. Thank you so much, both of you. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, we would be chuffed to bits to have your support. And as Quentin mentioned, there will be a film next month of Stephen uh, making a Dumpty Dum tune and it is phenomenal. Back to our calls. And next we have Dusty Substances, who is questioning the faith of Fallon. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener, uh, and probably missed the deadline for the recording of the podcast, but here goes. Um, I was catching up with a few episodes uh, the other day and was quite surprised to hear Fallon having a panic about whether Harrison, on the basis of wanting to find out more about the Christian faith and and being drawn to it would suddenly want to become a vicar i mean that doesn't really happen does it i mean people uh find faith or don't find faith all the time and the ones that do find faith don't suddenly want to become a vicar that's really weird i mean it's weird enough shula wanting to be a vicar don't get me started on that one again but really that was just such an extreme reaction is she secretly very frightened of it for some reason. Um, absolutely baffled. Anyway, uh, that was probably all I was going to say. I mean, as much as anything else, Harrison could probably go along to an alpha course and think stuff this for a game of soldiers. I mean, people do. But to become a vicar, I mean, how weird is that? Anyway, just a thought. So uh, that's me done and uh, speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, thanks, Dusty. Love, lovely to hear from you as ever. That, that one came, I think, uh, just after the last our last recording. So, and Dusty has uh, been on the stage, isn't she? Treading the boards while well, behind the scenes being an assistant director, I think. So she's doing a lot of catching up on the arches. So she's obviously caught up with the Fallon Harrison storyline, <clears throat> and, and I share her frustration. I mean. The leap from somebody considering getting baptised to actually wearing a dog collar is ridiculous, and Fallon has overreacted entirely to that. And I don't know. I know she has offended quite a few people, quite a few listeners along the way, because of her 
overreaction and um, slight dismissive, well, very dismissive attitude about it all. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on this, Dusty. I mean, the guy hasn't even got baptised yet, let alone <laughs> gone off to be ordained. So, Dusty as ever, you're the right type of listener, really, because you get it right nearly all the time. Um, we're, we're with you, Dusty. Catch up and then we can have an even more topical call from you. Yeah, it's weird. Dusty's right. Why haven't they mentioned just going on an alpha course? That would be far more sensible. But yeah, what, Fallon what, is... What, what is an alpha course? Sorry, if you can make one. Oh, an alpha course is like um, a basic chat. Well, it's a series of meetings. It's a way of exploring whether you want to go to church or not. So it's, it's run all across the world, actually. And uh, it's a series of meetings. You go along um, and each week you learn something different about the church, the Bible, about your faith. You get to chit-chat, you get to eat biscuits. And it's just a way of people thinking through whether they uh, do want to explore their Christian faith more. There's a lot to unpick there, but obviously the most important element is biscuits. (laughs) And meals. Sometimes you get meals as well. Uh, Yes. Oh, I thought it might have been a course where you can learn to be an alpha male. (laughs) And Fallon might be sending Harrison on that. Yeah, I mean, Fallon's just frightened of everything to do. She's got an inferiority complex, that girl. When he was saving money, she thought, oh, dear. When she thought he was putting all the money in the house, oh, dear. When she didn't want to have children and, and he did, oh, dear. It's just all the time. He can swim better in the river. He can uh, save better. And now he can pray better. So there we go. And gets biscuits. And we'll get, well, he's but he's not going. That's what he needs. He needs to go on an alpha call, get a biscuit, have a have a chat, um, have an Eccles, and, have an have an Eccles cake. Even. Yeah. Well, another weird thing this week. I didn't know that Chasey calls jazz a jazz all the time. I kept thinking about that. Um, was it in the nineties? That song, "The Only Way Is Up," but that was oh, that was jazz, not jazz. Okay, no, yeah. forget about that one. Oh well, almost. I liked your thinking. Almost not quite, Philip. I've yeah. definitely got to get that on a team. That, that'll be in the Dumpty Dum shop next week. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Dusty Substances. And now let's go on to New York Nigel. Hooray, who is mm. back and has much to catch us up on. Greetings, P&Q and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here calling in after much too long a break. Uh, First of all, thanks so much to everybody for for keeping everything going despite all of these unusual pandemic-y circumstances. We've had a bit of a rough ride of it here in New York. We lost several members of the church and our finances have taken a bit of a knock, like probably they have for most people because of this pandemic. Now, just a couple of things to get me back into the swing. Uh, First of all, no wonder the silent characters are silent They make life in New York look really boring. Barry and Sabrina and Richard and Cecil Jackson, they seem to have much more interesting lives than, I don't know, Peggy rearranging a wall plates or sad sack Rex staying in and watching the NFL. You know, I'd love to hear Barry crunching on his crickets or... Molly Button snogging Brad Horribin on the school bus, or Richard Thwaite groaning while tying his tie standing on his head. I wonder if that's a euphemism anyway. I think I'd rather like an Archers where Ruth and Will and Pip became the silent ones. 
But actually, come to think of it, who would we like to be a silent character instead of a speaking character? Anyway, secondly, uh, I'm running out of time. I've got a lot to say about Harrison's projected baptism, but I, I think that's going to have to be saved until the story comes back. So bye for now. Good to be back. Cheers. Oh, New York, Nigel. Great to have you back. Great to hear your voice again. That is fantastic. Oh, that's just happy days. I'm so sorry that you've um, been having a, a rough ride. It um, sounds very difficult indeed. Just thrilled that you are back with us. Yes, the silent characters. Um, I totally agree about Ruth, Will and Pip. I love the way New York, Nigel says the word Pip as if, you know, just Pip, just, yeah. Fabulous. I'd love to hear from Terry Two Phones. I've just got this idea that he's a real Dell boy of a character. Um, but who would I like to be silent? Well, it's got to be Helen, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm agreeing with the Ruth, Will and Pitt. We're already part those in the can they be silent? No, you've got to choose one. Come on, one. Oh well, no, because you can't be... Nigel's already okay. said Ruth, Will and Pip, so I'm with him. I'm agreeing on that. And okay. I'm adding, I'm adding Helen. Because so we can add, we can add, can't we? Yes, yes. yes we're adding Helen. Yeah, she's on my list. She's on my list. Yeah. I think Hannah. I mean, if Hannah's going to pick on my Neil, then Hannah can be silent straight away. You're out, dear. Oh, no, um, no. But if oh, she's going to oh, pick on somebody else, like Martin or Brian, then I will permit her to speak words. No, I, I, I like Hannah. She's she's due to be coming back next week. She really stirs the pot. That one, I think. Yeah, but yeah. not with Neil. Nobody not with Neil. should stir the pot. Stir the pot. Don't like Neil. her being nasty to Neil. Exactly. The rest of it's fantastic. Oh yeah, she can help herself. Yeah, fantastic to hear from uh, New York Nigel again after such a long time. A great picture on Facebook. Uh, Witherspoon posted a picture. He went off up to see him, didn't he? Um, and there's a lovely photo of the two of them. And uh, lo and behold, Nigel is there on Dumpty Dum a few days later. He's a very he's very naughty for a vicar, isn't he, Nigel? I like I like I like a naughty like a naughty. Vicar. He's great. Um, um, <laughs> now um, he asks, "Who would we uh, put in the silent cupboard?" Back in the day, I would have said Susan. Um, I know, because I, I couldn't stand her for ages. I mean, sometimes I would switch the radio off. Sometimes if she and Emma were going hammer and tongs, I couldn't take it anymore. Not now. Not now. I've become a huge admirer of Charlotte Martin's skill as a radio actor and the, the layers she brings to the part, particularly brilliant, I thought, during the monologue. So, no, Susan would not be one of my silence. I, I'm with you on Helen. Uh, I wouldn't miss her. I, I won't be missing Phoebe when she goes north of Glasgow, I have to say. Um, and I'd, no surprise here, I'd be happy to see the back of all that moaning and huffing and puffing from Adam as and when <laughs> it does eventually return. We can't, we can't have a too happier an Adam for, for too long. So that, that's that's my list, um, uh, New York, Nigel. What's your view on Lily? Lily, um... Well, she's she's going back to she's going to Felpersham Uni, isn't she? So new gear change. I I, I hot and cold with Lily. Sometimes I it drives me nuts. Other times oh, I, I like her. She's got aspects to her that make her interesting. I can see why she's annoying though. Yeah, I can. Can I just say one more thing about New York Nigel? Because I'd, I'd looked at it on his um, Facebook page and I noticed that he's originally f from Stone in Staffordshire. And I do wonder, uh, Nigel, whether you know uh, the Ward family, because my great aunt Lillian, Lillian Ward, lived to the ripe old age of 110. 
and um, we celebrated her 110th birthday in 2019. Sadly, she's no longer with us. But um, I do wonder, since Nigel comes from Stone in Staffordshire, whether he's heard of the Ward family. Uh, W-A-R-D, be fascinated to know. But um, great to hear from you, Nigel. More, please. More, please. Yes, can't wait to hear from you again. And now we go on to Kevin from Dorset, who called in on Tuesday and has some new bedtime reading. Hello, it's Kevin from Dorset here, currently in Nina Island. First time caller in era and on Paul's accountant. It's my archer's vintage. The first time I remember getting hooked was when Jack Woody was attacked by a lynx in the country park, giving to quite a cliffhanger ending. My vintage by rivals must be Nigel when he was going out with Shula, although this happened the same year as Marjorie Antrobus turning up. I took a bit of time off when the Helen and Rob stuff took over and got too intense, but otherwise I've been listening ever since. I'm loving the new Happy Adam, which must be a great relief for the actor. But the other thing I have to say is that Kate would be a disaster, and last night she started talking Peggy round. A disaster, that is, if she joins the rewilding. She's totally self-centred and never listens to anybody. Whilst browsing in a charity shop, I found a book called The Archers of Ambry. So at bedtime, I'm back worrying about George Fairbrother's mining plans and Phil's on-and-off relationship with Grace. Well, wow, Kevin, he's, he's got some some vintage, hasn't he, Philip? <laughs> wow, he's, he's listed all those uh, ancient characters who, who, he's, who, he's, who he's still got fond, fond memories of and he's reading, re- reading Archers of Ambridge. So he's, he's very confused because he's going back in time and then he's right up, <laughs> he's up with it with uh, the, 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 the new Happy Adam, which he's loving. I, I take your point, Kevin, actually. Um, the actor must be enjoying the, uh, the, uh, the gear change mm. that the character that the, the script writers have given him because um, he really was just stuck in. I was going to say second, <laughs> stuck in first, wasn't he? Adam? Um, how long would it last? We don't. We don't know. But uh, as I said, I think he might be a strong candidate for the rewilding. You, Kate, of course, would be a disaster. We all know that. But uh, that's why we're enjoying it, really, because um, I mean, do you think she might start it and then realise that it's completely? Yeah, so I want to hear more of it going horribly wrong. She's got such confidence. I wish I had her confidence. Even when she's awful at something, she thinks she's amazing. Total self-belief. Yes. Um, And as Jen said just now, I mean, she's gone beyond awful. I mean, she's awfully good now. I mean, I I got a bit stick, didn't I, on on our new Instagram account because I did say that I'm strangely drawn to the Aldridge family and I did consider... confess to having a bit of a crush on Kate. I think I use the word lust. There is something really quite sexy about it. I don't know why, because she, she's, oh, Quentin. She's terrible. Ruben's gone to your brain. You need to no, rest. But I mean, what I mean is Kate, she's an interesting character is what I'm saying. I mean, she, you would... It would not be a dull night of passion with with Kate. She's she's always interesting. She's always interesting, and that's why we love and hate her. And uh, she's awful, but we we would miss her. Um, so, I great to hear from you, Kevin. First time caller in from Dorset. Uh, we're, we're gradually building up a following in the southwest. I think Philippa. we are. I'm sorry. I know you go on about how Kate would be amazing, but judging how she thinks she's amazing at everything and isn't, I think you might be slightly disappointed with that, Quentin. Well, I can but dream, can't I? I'm in isolation. God, I've got to preoccupy myself with something. Oh, no, that's really bad. Everyone sent help. He's hallucinating. Um, I think, oh, well, I love the fact that Kate turned up late for the interview that wasn't an interview for the chat. And her comment was, you need better pass. It's hard to walk. 
It's hard to walk. I mean, what is Kate's vision for financial <laughs> sustainability? I presume it's a cheque signed by her father. I think that she's close to having to close spiritual homes because it is making no money whatsoever. And this is the way she thinks she can save it by merging the two so that she's got, uh, she can spread her costs, she can get some money um, and, and move it across. So, uh, you know, whenever has Kate stepped up and delivered? Never. So I want to hear it all unravelling. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what she's talking about, does she? <laughs> no, and long may it continue. But Kevin, thank you very much for your call. And now we go to Claire from Clapham, who suggests someone else goes to Bulgaria. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here, looking out on Storm Eunice, and glad that I'm inside. Um, well, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? I'm not going to be the only person to say, "Oh my God, how awful is Kate." And I've seen theories that Peggy's playing a clever game by seeming to champion Kate whilst giving her enough rope to demonstrate quite how awful she is. I hope that's true because, oh, my goodness me, I thought it was so inappropriate. And there wasn't even a proper job interview. So I don't know what all that was about, that conversation with Rex. It didn't make any sense to me. But, gosh, I do hope that Rex can um, find someone half-decent, especially if Kirsty's leaving the country. I mean, I don't blame her. We've often thought, why is Kirsty still in Ambridge? It's just a, a, a sort of centre of hell for her. So, you know, good luck to her in Bulgaria. I miss Lexi. I wish she would bring Lexi back with her. But I wish we could send Kate to Bulgaria instead. That would be better, wouldn't it? <laughs> But yes, and I don't really understand. I mean, none of us really understand what rewarding really is and how it makes money or what the point of it is. But I was interested to hear this sort of comment from Rex about that it's not a visitor attraction. It's a conservation type thing. So, but presumably it's got to make money. It's a business in some way. I don't know. I mean, I still regret, not that I'm a great fan of Adam, but I still felt that the Soil Academy was the best option for Peggy's money. Um, and it seemed to have an obvious sort of cause and uh, reach. But there you go. I can't be bitter about that forever, can I? Keep up the good work. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, thank you, Claire from Clapham. Great call. Yes, Adam's option did seem much better. Even to me, I thought the Soil Academy sounded much better. Maybe it was just a way. Maybe Peggy's sister said, look, you need to give some money to your grandchildren, but the best way to do it to save on inheritance tax is to come up with a whiz-bang trustee scheme and uh, and do, the, do it that way because none of it makes sense, but I suppose that's Ambridge for us. I don't know. If Kate went to Bulgaria, I would just feel very sorry for Bulgaria. I mean, poor them, what have they done to to deserve her? And Brian's idea for Chris's accommodation, the rookery or the hobbit. I'm very interested in I, I, lo- I loved Neil's grumbles when he was listening to that. Yeah. You could hear him grumbling to himself, thinking, I know what you're up to. I know what you're up to, Brian. But Brian is saying, oh, we'll stop. We're not going to let anyone live in it until Chris has decided which one he's going to have. So they have no bookings so far. They're not cancelling anything. They've got no bookings for something that's coming up to peak booking time. How does Chris get out of the flat lease? You know, Hazel's going to be right back over um, stomping and shouting, please don't let Tom jump to get to get to that flat. It doesn't, it's not. No, Chris, don't do it. Don't do it, Chris. Be strong. That's Mother Philippa talking to you, Chris, because she's absolutely besotted with you. Um, a great call, as ever, Claire. Um, you did wonder how on earth this you know, rewilding is really going to work. And that's what we've all thought, haven't we? And 
Kate's got this idea of willow weaving, but she ought to think again because uh, I saw a tweet from at Goldie Levels. She knows what she's talking about because she used to plant it. And she says, I very much doubt they'd have enough land for a withy bed. It does grow very fast, but you wouldn't get much of a crop for the first couple of years. The area would depend on how much you need. Variety is quite important, though, and difficult to produce good withies organically as they need spraying against end cup. So, Kate doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> News flashed. <laughs> Kate's making it up as she goes along. Um, but, yeah, uh, Adam, yeah, he will be a strong candidate if Kirsty doesn't come back, which he will. Kate ain't going to do it, is she? She's not going to do it. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. But Claire, thank you so much for that call. Um, always have something, you always have something really uh, fascinating and useful to add. So, yes, look forward to your next call. And now we go on to young Keith, who has a cake confession to make. Hello, young Keith here. It has been a while and I can only apologise for that. It's not a dumpty dum thing. Once again, it's at Archers. I've been sort of dipping in and out of Ambridge at will. But something came to my mind, and I thought I might just drop this into Dumpty Dum, which is, well, first of all, very pleased to hear the writers of Archers bringing Eccles Cake back into relevance. I love an Eccles Cake, and it's a deeply, deeply underrated pastry. Not really a cake, but it's bloody good. So good on them for that. But more importantly, I was talking to my father on the telephone today, in fact, and we don't have a huge amount to talk about. So we were, he was sort of digging into the annals of the archers and asking me my opinions on bits and bobs. And Rory, Rory came up and he sort of mentioned, oh, well, he's making a lot of money on Bitcoin at the moment. And I was struck by a plot prediction, which apologies if someone's mentioned already. But I think there's more to that than meets the eye because they kind of dropped in that, that detail that he was buying these over-the-top gifts for people, and uh, he said that he was getting it through crypto. But do you remember when he went to a nightclub with Ben and they wouldn't let them into the VIP section, then he sort of, in inverted commas, had a word with the doorman, and the implication was he sort of flirted with the doorman and let him in. But then he was kind of edgy about the details, and it kind of felt like he might have done something a bit more nefarious. Anyway, running out of time, so to summarise, I wonder if Rory has actually become uh, a sex worker. Anyway, what do you think? Bye. <laughs> Keith, you, you are way behind um, mm. because we have had this discussion, have we not, Philippa, many weeks ago? We have. Um, you were not alone on, on this prediction, Keith. Uh, a lot of us think, mm, yeah, we don't buy this Bitcoin um, theory. We think you're up to a, a nefarious activity, as you euphemistically call it, young Keith. So glad you're back with us. I hope you're you're up to speed, but uh, yes, a lot of people agree with you that uh, we're not sure really, or we have our concerns as to how he's raising the money. And in fact, some people think he's going to become the next baddie of Ambridge, don't they, Rory? Uh, Eccles Echo, cake. I mean, I just need to say that. Yes, and, now and, let's and, get on to the important bit. Come on. I, I can sense <laughs> you sort of push, pulling at the leash. <laughs> yes. Um, f- go, go. It's food. It's a cake. Go, go, Philippa. Munch your way okay. through. 
I have got something to announce. I have never had an Eccles cake because when I was young, someone told me they were filled with flies. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. And, they are, they are. Uh, and a raisin isn't a treat. It, it's it's a healthy thing. So uh, I'm just reluctant to, but yeah, I feel nice. maybe this is a new Patreon video, Quentin. Maybe we need to have an Eccles cake. Have you? Do you like them? Have you? Do you yes, I like, I like an Eccles cake. It's a, it's a, what it's do a they fine taste pastry. Of? They taste of flies. Uh, <laughs> taste well then the, the producers of Eccles cake sorry you need to worry about your sales because no, I will not be part they're lovely raisins I like raisins they're, they're really tasty and I love the sort of crumbly pastry um honestly far more palatable than pickled eggs that you force me to eat so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very so so yeah get a couple of Eccles cakes uh, I will willingly uh, munch eat my way completely through it are there varying qualities of Eccles cake? You know, do, you, do I need to do my research and find a really good one? Do you need to do your research? Um, that's tautologous, <laughs> isn't it? Because you will do your research and you probably get a couple from Fortnum and Masons or something to send to us. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not so picky or choosy as you. If I see a nice looking pastry, I don't know, I'll eat it, you know, so... No. Don't tell me that you're the sort of person that buys a fruit and nut bar as well. Oh, I like a fruit and nut bar. What? I like a fruit oh, nut bar. Quentin, yeah. our friendship, I don't know. Can we carry on? Can we get back? What's wrong this? with a fruit and nut bar? You're combining a delight with something that is healthy and that we were forced to eat in a little box as children. And just so hold on. I mean, I wasn't in a box as a child. I mean, the raisins. So anything that's deemed healthy, you do not want in any confection. No, because you're just merging right. so, the thing. It's confusing. So it's like having celery any and confectionery chocolate has to be full of ingredients that technically are bad for you before you can enjoy them. Is that right? Well, I just yes, it's, just, it's conflicting me. I can't go anyway. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you. a couple of Eccles cakes. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a video. Right, we'll do that. Anyway, let's go on to our new caller in Ian, who is full of praise for Jim. Hello there. Um, my name's Ian Allison. I'm uh, a first time caller. Uh, I just thought last week um, Jim's um, guidance to Chelsea was just absolutely um, Archer's gold um, and also in the back of my head uh, I very much am uh, looking forward to uh, Natasha's um, Natasha's um, debt coming to the fore um, Oh, I think you got cut off there Ian, but we'll take that call anyway Yes, great to have you call in um, Yes, full of uh, full of praise for Jim and um, yeah, I really love the fact that Jim was upfront and clear here when they moved in about what he was expecting and I think that's that's the better way to be. I don't think I could do that. But um, yeah, I just loved hearing Jim and his relationship with Chelsea as well and how he dealt with Tracy. It was just, it was just happy days. I was happy. Were you happy? Well, I mean, any scene with Jim is, is, is lovely. And he has this ability to talk to anybody, doesn't he? Because he talks to everybody in the same way. And um, as a result, everybody is, is, um, has, has equal treatment and, 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 and Jim is Jim and it's nice that somebody is as they appear. Um, I, I, <laughs> I was wondering how long he could bear hearing Chelsea keep re- referring to everything as literally. And I, I, I yeah. love that line. <laughs> we we yeah. may have to discuss the meaning of literally before you leave. Which I loved. <laughs> um, the, the, there was some chitter chatter on Twitter about 
you know, their arrival at Jim's house. And um, Lucy Tobin, who's great on Twitter, at Miss Luby Lou, said, Ha! Huh, working class people are so funny with their big TVs and mistrust of books. And uh, she also said, Have you noticed that posh characters drink coffee in the lower classes tea? To which our Catherine, uh, who is icon on Twitter, said, Oh, I'm glad you agree. I found the whole thing was laboured stereotypes. And mm, that's true. Uh, and I maybe think, Yeah. Fair point, actually, because I enjoy the comedy. In comes Chelsea, you know, where's the mirror? Where's the big telly? Too many books. Hang a decent telly where the book should be. Uh, they slightly redeemed themselves towards the end when Jim said, yeah, I, I think you're a bright spark. And um, and they both enjoyed each other's company uh, about the reality TV scene and, and all that. And she said she's going to miss him. And she said he, she wished she'd had teachers like him at school. Mm. But... Yeah, it was too easy a, a goal, wasn't it? That and I yeah, take I, I take, I take their point. I didn't see it so much as class as just Jim is very old school and Chelsea is very, you know, new school. And it was more the the clash of those two as they just worked their way through it. Um, but no, I I can completely understand that. But I liked how it was resolved and it just shows yes, that Jim yeah, isn't judgmental. Yeah. No, that's the word um, I was looking for. And You're he right. looks for the best in people he and does. encourages, which was he nice. Does. So and, and you could see why he'd be such a good teacher as well. Yes. Just, you know, Chelsea was actually listening to him. And dare I say it, you know, she listened to Russ when she helped him out with the there's there's that one remember that, that and she's passed her english retake yeah. learned this week so it just that, dropped in yeah, yeah that was good anyway ian thank you so much thank you ian. and our last call this week is from daniel in saint andrews and he has questions about brian hello dumpty dum uh, daniel calling from sunny st andrews again calling again quite preemptively on a monday so no doubt by the end of the week everything i'm asking and questioning will probably be old news but i thought i'd get in early before i forget for one thing um first of all what's going on with brian being so charitable and nice if any of the uh listeners could uh chime in maybe or perhaps quentin and philippa is there something that he's got to gain on legal grounds through being very generous and reasonable during the proceedings or is he just trying to stay on chris's good side um or maybe I'm just being overly cynical and Brian's being a nice man, like we all know he really is deep down. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I'd noticed was, and I noticed this, this is not just an Archer's thing, sort of picked up on this. And I know the BBC occasionally likes to push a message and it'll be across various soaps and shows and things. And they'll all be pushing this same thing. I remember there was one about sepsis a while ago when Nick died. It was like an awareness campaign. And I noticed, um, I only thought about it in hindsight, thinking about Tracy talking about budgeting. And then I also watched Casualty and there was a whole thing about budgeting. And I wonder, is this one of these BBC campaigns because of every the price of everything going up? Is this us t telling us, you know, be more sensible with your money. Don't spend it all down the ball. Um, that's all really. Uh, keep up the great work. And I'm sure by the time that this goes out, Everything I've said will be completely irrelevant, but nonetheless, have a good week. Bye. <laughs> Don't worry, Daniel, you're in good company. Everything we say is pretty irrelevant. Isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I mean, Cecil is literally counting his pennies, isn't he? I mean, it's 5p to pay for <laughs> half. Like, so 
I think you're reading too much into this, Daniel. I mean, um, um, when I was in the BBC, there were some cross-platform promotions. You're right. These things do happen. But uh, not to this level, I don't think, Daniel, but you, you may be right. Um, it was an early call during the week, and he was wondering what Brian was up to, and that it mm-hmm. developed during the week. I mean, he, as, as good as by Tuesday, he, he fessed up to Jenny that he was trying to butter up Chris uh, so that um, uh, the actual line was uh, to generate goodwill and come to a fair and sensible settlement uh, so that he doesn't chisel every last penny out of us. Um, and get Chris to play nicely. Oh, that's clearly his tactic, and that's what Neil has sussed anyway. So I look forward to the scene when he actually proposes this to Chris and see whether Chris sees through it like I suspect Neil has. How do you think Chris is going to respond? Because, I mean, you, you know his every move and uh, you feel his every feeling, Chris, don't you? Do you think he'll accept Brian's offer of a rent-free cottage? I hope not. I hope not. I hope he just turns around and says no. I'm not living in The Hobbit. Why did Brian call it The Hobbit? That's very strange to know about that. Is Brian as reading Lord of the Rings? I hope so, but you never know. I wonder, I wonder, Daniel, if we should all do as Rex does when he plants his seedlings and maybe we should view Ambridge at a 45-degree angle. Maybe it'll all make more sense to us then. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the calls, but you can also send us an email if you prefer. Yes, if you'd rather do that, send us an email. Visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Please do get your calls and emails in just before 12 noon on a Sunday as we record at midday UK time. Do remember you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so we go from our caller inners to our email inners. 
And our first email is from Martin in Sheffield. The subject is Chris Goes to the Movies. Is it just me or is Chris guilty of impersonating a series of well-known literary characters? When he first attracted the attentions of Alice, we were put in mind of Lady Chatterley's lover with a romance spanning the class boundaries and we initially expected it to blow out. Perhaps they surprised us by making a go of it, but the ultimate breakup of their marriage had us readying ourselves for a Kramer versus Kramer style custody battle with the associated (laughs) angst and the tears. And now Amy is objectively attractive, which is straight out of When Harry Met Sally, when Harry early on reflects that Sally's good looks are not really a matter of opinion. This is, of course, prior to the two of them becoming just good friends, just playing the long game, if you ask me. So here's hoping Chris suggests a sandwich and a chinwag in the tea shop and all that this may entail. I can just see Susan from a nearby table delivering the classic line, Whoever Fallon, I think I'll have what she's having. (laughs) <laughs> which isn't a patch on your Susan. <laughs> well, he's got a nice one. Yeah, he's got lots of film yes, references in there. great. Love that. Oh, people, people read, they read things into this script, don't they? Well, I have a suggestion, a film suggestion. What about Harrison and the film Eat, Love, Pray? First of all, we heard a meeting, then he fell in love with Fallon, and now he's looking to pray. Very good. Thank you. And I I wondered about The Hobbit as well. Alice is the ring. So Chris, whenever he has Alice too close to him, he gets sick. Again, you put a lot of thought into this. Uh, (laughs) I I can't better it. Uh, I bow to your (laughs) breadth of knowledge, your research, your obsessive pursuit of the the truth here. So, yes, you're right. And uh, nice one. Thank you very much indeed, Martin. Keep them coming in. Definitely. And now we go to an email from Purple Pumpkin who says, Dear Philippa and Quentin and all in Dumpty Dum land, this is your loyal listener, Purple Pumpkin, getting in touch after quite a while. I've been out of sync with the Archers and the podcast, so it has been hard to write in. But I did want to say how sad I am that Kirsty seems to be leaving town. I know that in reality, she'd have left years ago after one trauma or another. But having stayed this long, I'd love her to stay permanently. Will her departure announcement be enough to make Roy realise he can't bear to be without her. My only other thought for this week is that the Archer's version of Wordle should be called Ambridge, that's Mm A-M-B-R-I-J, which is also six letters. Oh, and when someone comes up with an app to set your own Wordles, I volunteer. Keep up the good work on your podcast, your pal PP. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Purple Pumpkin. Yes, has anyone got a Wordle system where you can pick the words? It would be great to have an Ambridge version. Um, Cosmo on Twitter also said, what about slurry with one R if you're doing a five letter or two R's if you're doing the six? My suggestion, I don't know, I've been thinking about it about it this week. I love Purple Pumpkin's suggestion, love Cosmo's. My suggestion, thinking about the yogurt, the cheese, kefir, curdle. I, I think you got Cosmo's wrong. He said the he says it would be slurry, I think. S-L-U-R-Y for Alice. Slurry. Uh- Slurry. Well, there you go. The word, I got that completely wrong. And the word all for Ambridge, slurry. He put too many letters in there. Slurry. So he's playing with slur, slurry, and slurry. Yes, I know, because that slur is six letters, he not says five. We, he says, is... well, almost for that. But slurry, I thought, was quite good for Alice. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm lucky I'm here, Cosmo. It really is lucky. Work, because defending I your just... wordplay, Cosmo. I just don't know what I'm what I'm doing, really, do I? I'm completely lost and at sea. <laughs> and there we go. 
And our final email this week is from Anon of Ambridge. And Anon says, Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I have heard that Quentin is criticising my spelling and I am sorry that I did not work for the BBC, (laughs) but I have tried my best. I tried to talk to Jim about it, but he was too busy looking for Red Wings. How should I improve my typing? Thank you, Anon of Ambridge. Oh, Anon, I'm so sorry. Yes. Quentin loves you and he appreciates you. Keep going. (laughs) Actually, Quentin has accused everybody on the planet of being a non. Everybody else. I think you accused me last week of it being deflection. Well, this is classic deflection. I think it's you. Oh, I like like your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, couldn't it? (gasps) But I, I think I couldn't make up my frustrations with a non, could I? I couldn't maintain I can keep this front going as effectively as I have for this long if I really was a non. So you can you can dismiss that theory. And no, look, I'm I'm sorry. It's just that we just want to read out your missives and give them the 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 fair weight, the the, the due respect that um, they sh- they should be afforded. So that's why there's some sometimes some of your spellings cause us a few problems. It's got nothing about whether working for the BBC. God, you should see some of the spellings I saw on the BBC. Um, it's just so that we can, um, you know, give, get, as I say, give you the, the, the due respect. So keep them coming in. I think actually it was down to the fact that you weren't drinking enough water. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, things have improved since you are no longer so dehydrated. Um, or you can, you know, be a gym. Be a spell check. Use spell check, as Chelsea calls the prof. That that might help, might not it? There we go. You heard it here first. Quentin is a non of Ambridge. Well, thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. Now on to Dumpty Book Dumb. I host the Quick Book Reviews podcast, and I'm pleased to introduce crime writer Leslie Thompson, who has an audiobook that has a special connection to the Archers. So, Leslie Thompson, whose latest book is The Distant Dead, welcome to Dumdy Book Dumb. Well, this is so exciting, Philippa. I'm so, I mean, an Archer's fan all my life and obviously a book fan. So, here I am. I can't believe the two have merged. It's fantastic. There are a lot of Archer's fans who are readers as well, it has to be said. But uh, yeah, so you've been listening to the Archer's for a while. T- tell me about your relationship with the Archer's. Oh, it goes before I was born because my mum was listening when I was in her womb, as she told me. And I mean, I'm 63 now, so that tells you how long. And what I didn't hear myself, I learned from my mum around, you know, Grace Archer's death in the fire and um, just the background to what I didn't know. But it's in my blood, really. I feel as if they're my, well, not necessarily friends, but they are part of my life. It's definitely. And who would you say is your favourite character? Uh, I share this with Ellie Griffiths. I love Kate. I love the way she talks, the way she says Phoebe. And she's just kind of, there's an ironic lilt to her voice that just has me smiling. I mean, she'd be a nightmare in real life, of course. Yes. But I love the a most recent rendition of her. I think she's fab. I absolutely love Kenton. Um, and we'll come to that. So who would you least like to be stuck in a lift with for a period of time? Yes, yes. God, I think we'd probably drive each other nuts, just as as Kate drives him nuts and vice versa. Brian up and down about him. Oh, I don't, Justin drives me nuts too. So, oh God, the list is just growing now that I think about it. Let's just expand a bit more on your relationship with Kenton. Again, a fantastic voice. Always loved his voice, which really gives a sense of character. My novel, The Distant Dead, 
um, when I'd finished writing it and they were looking for somebody to do the audio, I said, I would really love um, Richard Attlee, who is who plays Kenton. Uh, he's such a fab guy in real life. And actually, we talked about the archers because my character, Lucy May, who's a journalist, and you know her ethics are floating, I would say. She's a bit tabloidy, but she's got a heart of gold. We said when he'd read the book, I'm thinking Lillian. And I said, my God, because I only just recently thought, she's like Lillian. I hadn't really <laughs> seen it. But I mean, I guess because the archers are in my blood, perhaps they're the baseline for all my characters. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so he's read it. And I mean, I just love his voice on it. He's done it justice. It's brilliant. And he's going to do the next one too, which is fab. Can you summarise briefly The Distant Dead for us? Yeah, it's a, a Jack and Stella novel from the Detective's Daughter series, partly set in London, uh, in the present day and Tewkesbury in the present day, but it's also set in the Blitz in the war. So we have a dual story, which obviously there's a connection um, between what happened in the past and the impact it's had on the present. And it involves a murder in Tewkesbury Abbey. It's a little difficult when you're a crime writer because, um, you know, I love a place. I can sort of fall in love with a place. Uh, and Tewkesbury Abbey was one of these. And then, hey, presto, I set a murder in it. But, <laughs> Spoils um, it a bit. Nobody seems to mind. And I did get a card from a friend who was with another friend and they'd actually gone there and they'd gone to where the murder happened. And they sent me a card from the Abbey, which was rather sweet. Excellent. Well, Leslie Thompson, whose latest book is The Distant Dead. Thank you for joining us. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Oh, that's interesting. And if Emily is listening in Canada, she always is listening. It's not me, Emily, narrating. Yes. It's the actor who plays Kenton, all right? She always confuses me with him. <laughs> and now to Facebook. And we need to say an do to you, too. Uh, Anthony, Susie and Harry. Betsy, Charlotte and Kate. Catherine, Jennifer and Anne. Sally, Rick and Eleanor. Mary, Paul and Sue. Abby, Glynn and Rosanna. Moira and Stevens. That's another 20 members this week. It's fantastic, mm. isn't it? So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings-on in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group with our Sandra. Hello, this is Sandra with the Social Media Roundup for the week beginning Sunday the 13th of February. The Alice and Chris divorce storyline was prominent this week and there was quite a bit of sensible discussion. Paul Newman pointed out that valuing home farm for Alice's share would be expensive alongside lawyers' fees. Chris would need a reasonable offer to avoid that. There followed a discussion about reasons for divorce, with Christine Narimore and others commenting that grounds for divorce had no bearing on the settlement. The discussion also included the question of child support and residence. Paul Newman and others suggested that a suitable alternative would be for Brian to set up a trust fund for Martha. No one seemed to be taken in by Brian's offer of a rent-free holiday cottage for Chris to live in with Martha. Paul Newman described Brian as a smooth operator. The rewilding project has come to the fore again recently. Kate Lyle wondered about the charitable trust status of the rewilding project and the opinions of other trustees. Lillian McCarthy believed that the trustees would not be in favour of Kate taking on the role. Pam Dulay created a poll and the majority seemed to agree with flipping heck, so unqualified. 
Leslie Southgate commented. Please, no, not Kate. Hasn't Rex suffered enough? Joanne Smith thought that Kate's ideas sounded decent, but Kate might not be able to follow through and stick with it. Not everyone was in agreement with that idea. Debbie Bridge suggested Adam for the job, and I also made that suggestion. He has the experience and a real interest in working with the land. Kirsty was a popular tross, choice across all the Facebook groups, but Thursday's news may have put paid to that idea. Witherspoon greatly fears that Kate will get the job. Dave Alcock suggested Amy for the job. Just why? And to finish, interactions between Jim and Chelsea seem to be popular this week. William Nolan suggested Jim and Chelsea for the next series of Gogglebox. Julie Wigg thought it would, could be the start of a lovely friendship between Jim and Chelsea. Well, that's that for me from now. See you later. Bye. Thank you, Sandra. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. We are, of course, also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. It's also your gateway to the fantastic tweet-along, so well worth getting involved. Please also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet. It means more people get to see the tweet and our community grows and grows. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we are both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. You'll find me at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Three wonderful short, sharp ones this week. Philip Earth in bronze from Matt at Matt underscore Mark two rex the human equivalent of a cold shower that gets you a bronze mat silver and gold have a bit of a theme which you will approve of okay yeah in its silver it's uh, helen wormsley j at the vintage year jazzers lured by the siren song of the eccles cake he is not alone Oh, see, lots of Eccles fans out there. But in gold, one of my favourite tweeters, it's Sally Ronaldson at Milan Fred. Ah, lovely Jim. Eccles cakes with a dash of Latin. (laughs) So well done. Excellent. All three, uh, you are our tweeters of the week. And now to Instagram, where we are just in our infancy, but do have a look for at Dumpty Dum and follow us there. Uh, We've been starting a fine art post. Uh, the first one is of Jeline, worth a look. We, we had six followers last week, now we've got 106, so room for more. That Jolene one was my suggestion, so I'm chuffed that uh, Katie started with mine. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, we need to start winding down, so we must say thank you to Catherine R. Bryan, Rob, Jen R. Ambridge Pony Club, Bill in Ukraine, Matthew from Coventry, Dusty Substances, New York Nigel, Kevin from Dorset, Claire from Clapham, Young Keith, Ian, Daniel from St Andrews, Martin from Sheffield, Purple Pumpkin, Anon of Ambridge, and author Leslie Thompson for all their contributions, as well as Stephen for his dumpty dum tune. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will the Bulls' Valentine's Day success be so great that the finances of the pub are at last secure forever? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Will Chris move into The Hobbit and start cooing over his precious? Will Rex ask Amy out for a night of love, laughter and non-stop NFL? Can't wait. And will the residents of Ambridge plant their gardens at a 45 degree angle? Judges of the best garden competition will need crampons and a rope pulley system to get round. <laughs> All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye bye from me. And I'm off to spot some squirrels wearing healing crystals. Bye bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.